0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers beat the Titans 19-13 Sunday at Heinz Field to move to 7-6-1 on the season. They are right in the mix as far as the AFC North is concerned. A little bit later on in this episode, we'll take a look at how the standings are shaking out at this very moment. But it looks to be, with even a Browns win tonight... Everybody in the division will be a half a game away from each other. Truly phenomenal stuff in week 15. But let's talk about how the Steelers got there first. Yeah, sure. Seven, six, and one victory, and the defense carried the day. So let's take a look at some of those individual efforts on that defense that really shined. And let's start with number 90, TJ Watt. I mean, good Lord. Good Lord. They showed the stat before the game. Yeah, uh, Romo and Nance were talking about. When he is fifty percent or more participation, they are six and two heading into that game. That's now seven and two. Mm-hmm. When he is at less than fifty percent participation, they are o four and one. So wow, is he a valuable value? Piece. But I'll they, say it
1: again: value, value, value. He
0: plays the full game against the Titans. Had a scary moment towards the end where it looks like his ribs got dinged up. He had to leave. He Came stretched out the very next play. Yep, he was back and moved to seven and two with T.J. Watt in the lineup, healthy, and making a significant impact. But let's not bury the lead when it comes to T.J. Watt. He got a sack. That makes him your new Pittsburgh Steelers single season sack record leader. All right, T.J. I saw a round the, of applause for T.J. I saw a little stat about
1: like the 10 best individual sack seasons by Steelers over the course of the franchise's history since – Stats became an official stat. We don't know where those seasons would rank. Mean Joe Green and the '70s era with Mean with guys like Mean Joe or Jack Hammer. Maybe Jack Mean Lambert. Joe Green had
0: 17 sacks in a game once back then. And that's we what, he, that's know. what he
1: claims. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if that
0: number was actually slightly like the Will Chamberlain 100 yeah. point game. He has a picture of him holding up a piece of 17. paper with 18 on it or yeah. something. But T.J. Watt of those ten
1: has, I believe, six of the better four of the best individual
0: seasons. Oh man. He's, he's got more good. sacks in his first five seasons than all but two people. Reggie White and uh, I couldn't tell his older brother, J.J. Watt. So he's number three in sacks through first five years. And uh, in case you uh, need reminding, he's still got some games left in this fifth season. So he could still potentially catch both of those guys. Uh, he could still potentially catch Michael Strahan for the single season leader. In sacks. He's got 17. 22 and a half is the mark. I know that's, games left. that's pretty tough to get to because, you know... And it's... he's playing some decent offensive lines. But here's the thing. He's
1: playing Kansas City, who does a great job. And you're playing the elusive uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be tough. Baker Mayfield isn't great, but the offensive line in Cleveland is a lot stronger.
0: We'll see how healthy
1: they are come Steelers that's, week. That's a good point. And then you have Baltimore. That's the one. Who has... The worst offensive line by far of those three remaining teams. But if you play Lamar Jackson, I mean, last time he played Lamar Jackson, he had three
0: and a half sacks. So if I don't know how well that's do exactly in what I was going to say. If he can get two and a half sacks between the Chiefs and the Browns to get to 19 and a half, he can get three against the Ravens so, and at least tie the record. to 22. 22 and a half. And a half. Okay. So he could at least tie the record if he gets there. but... Yeah, all it takes is one monster kind of a game where he has two or three sacks to really make it a reality. Um, it's
1: it, it, it's not outlandish to say get two sacks or two and a half sacks between two games not between at all. the Chiefs and the, and the and the Browns. Not at all. I think you can
0: get the, I think you can get two against, against the Cleveland. Browns. Yeah. yeah, and he plays well against the Browns usually. He really His does. History shows. Any
1: time he plays against AFC
0: North opponents, he steps up. Except for this year against the Bengals, but injury was the reason well, why he, he was, held was hobbled back. and he missed the first one completely. Right. So, give him a little bit of a pass as far as that's concerned. The Steelers, it's nice to talk about, oh, he's going to get that sack record and, oh, that's all well and good, but it's more important for the Steelers to have TJ Watt healthy and to have him playing at close to 100% or at 100% and playing full 60 minutes of football games because... I mean, that stat just bears it all out. Mm. They're 7-2 when he does that, and they're 0-4-1 oh, when he doesn't. They are just a completely different kind of football team mm. with T.J. Watt out there. And, you know, one of those things that you kind of dig deeper into the stats is the two losses when he's 7-2 and two came in a game he was banged up in against the Bengals and came in a game he was banged up in against the Packers. Yeah, he played all the, the entirety of those games, so technically that's... 50% or more participation from him. But, it's but coming he wasn't off. at 100% It's coming health. off injuries.
1: And, and I don't think it was ever on mo- a more clear display than that Packers
0: game. Yeah, and I don't want to say that he was at 100% yesterday because I think he was still dealing with some nagging, maybe growing stuff. I think stuff. you
1: saw as the game progressed, he, he became more comfortable. And that rib started to
0: hurt him towards the end of the game, of yeah, course. Right. But when you get a fully healthy T.J. Watt, they're 7-0 and this year. I mean, they are one of the best teams in football if their best player is playing up to 100%. I think a big problem is that the rest of the defense is so injured and struggling so much that no one can really pick him up if he's having an injured type of game or if he's out with injury. I mean, Cam Hayward's obviously playing really well, and I think Mika Fitzpatrick's had a lot better games these past couple weeks than he has in the first uh, half of the season. Obviously, people would argue that he was making his impact felt in coverage and he was affecting the game that way, but now he's starting to show up on the stat sheet with some splash plays and some turnovers. So I think Minka's really rounding himself into that upper echelon of these defensive players as well. But when it's not TJ Watt, you know Cam Hayward's trying his best, but he's just a defensive lineman. He can't do you know, all the impactful things that a TJ Watt or a Minka can do. So they need to find some some support on the periphery, and they need to find more depth on that defense because I think you're seeing when TJ's not all-world status, they're vulnerable to be beat decently bad. And we see, we've seen that. Yeah, especially we, we, on the ground. Expe- I
1: mean, you can't even – Talk about how bad this defense is against the run when T.J. Watson out there. Uh, Whether he's out there hobbled or whether he's not out there at all, I think that was best on display against Minnesota when he was, what, gone within the first two drives or even the first drive defensively, and Dalvin Cook ran for nearly 200 yards in the first half alone. It was just strange how he was nearly at 200 yards by the end of the first half and barely got over that mark by the end of the game. I don't know what adjustments were made, but somehow that number easily could have been 300, uh, considering how bad it was in the first half alone. But this guy, TJ Watt, I think is really special, and I don't think anyone could ever disagree with that, even if somehow he goes down with a career-ending injury that hopefully will never, ever happen. But the way he's improved year after year after year And to have done so this year when the rest of the defense really has been struggling and it's really just been him and Cam Hayward. And I'd say this. It's a three-man race. I mean, not really a race because I think TJ is by far the best player. But in terms of people stepping up and doing what they're expected, it's been TJ Watt. It's been Cam Hayward. It's been Joe Hayden. I don't really. I can't put Mika in that category this year. You certainly can't put either or any other linebackers. You can't put any other defensive lineman in that category. Uh, but it's been those three guys who have been t- the 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 standard of consistency and 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 professionalism when they're on the field. Of course, Joe Hayden has missed what the better part of a month, maybe even longer uh, with that foot injury. But when he's out there, he's making big plays. He's he's being effective, but. I think it's this season when he's had now the single season record for the franchise for most sacks. It's honestly even more impressive when you think who he's doing it alongside with guys like Chris Wormley up front, uh, you have Tuzar Skipper. You have so many random names. Alex Highsmith. Alex, I mean Alex Highsmith. No, we, but we he's going from Bud Dupree really, for the past couple of years. Yeah, he has not been great these past. I mean, he started off the season very well, very nicely, and he's really kind of sputtered. He's the struggling last couple, with injuries. He's he's sputtered the last couple of weeks. Um, Isaiah Loudermilk's been out there
0: for a decent amount of. It's time. Supposed to be a redshirt season for him. T.J. Watt, honestly. Trey Norwood, seventh round pick, playing right. a lot of minutes.
1: Well, I'm just talking about guys up front. I know. With I'm just him, trying to yeah, you know, drive home you're the point, my like point. Like this, Kill Witherspoon. In yeah, the they're a bunch well.
0: of just third and fourth stringers that these have are, to start. These are
1: nobodies yeah. out there alongside, and he's do. He's having his best season. I, I think it's even more impressive when you when you
0: consider the guys who he's playing next to. Before we move on, and we're going to move on to Joe Hayden. There's a nice little segue you brought up there. But does he get the single season sack record in your heart of hearts?
1: No, I don't think so. I think the injuries that, really. But I bet you big he gets part. the twenty. So he only needs three. three more to do that. Yeah, I
0: think you could average one. One a game. game. I agree. I think he gets the twenty. And
1: you know that is something that has been not held over his head, but it's something that JJ has been able to get hold the twenty over. sacks. So, like I, I did it. What three years in a row? Like yeah, you, something you, absurd. Like you, that. you've never done it. Like get there at least, and I think he could do it again. I don't. I don't see this health as permitting. The, yeah, I don't think this is the only season that TJ Watt gets to twenty sacks. Well, the thing is, he's gotten better every year. His sack, His sack total has increased every, every single year. year he's been in the league. So now it's going to be tough once you get to twenty, 20 or if you to break keep the going record up from there. Sure, but it wouldn't be outlandish to say TJ Watt, you can get to twenty sacks especially, in a seventeen game season, especially
0: if he stays healthy for a majority.
1: Especially when you consider too that this it's, is most likely Ben Roethlisberger's last year. Uh, next year, they're not going to be fighting for the division win. They'll be fighting for a playoff spot, hopefully. I mean, you don't know if if the Steelers are going to fall off this cliff after this year and only be a 6-win team, a 5-win team. But to that point, if, if they are in the, in, the, in the realm of 8 wins, maybe 9 wins, they're going to be fighting in fighting. that week 17 or in that week 18. He's going to be playing, if he stays healthy, a full season. So there won't be a game where he sits that he's forced to sit out so that sack total goes down a little bit. But if he's playing all these games, health being the biggest factor, he could easily get the twenty sacks on the year, year after year. We
0: undersold the value of Joe Hayden. And really we I I think we did.
1: It was I, a bad look by
0: us. We think that Joe Hayden is a great player. Um maybe a little bit past his prime is fair to say. But we should have seen how big of a loss that was, not just in the coverage aspect of things, in the playmaking mm-hmm. aspect of things. That's Other than Minka, that's the only other playmaker you've got and in the that secondary. secondary. The, rest, the, the rest are just guys. He,
1: he made on those two plays alone. The diving interception and then the wherewithal to wrap your arms around the Receiver on that fourth.
0: Down. Did they call that an interception or was it a fumble?
1: Well, I don't think it matters because it never touched the ground. I think it was
0: a fumble officially in a recovery. The, the
1: player never went down. Right. I saw, I was listening for the during the Sunday Night in America or Football Night in America, Sunday Night Football pregame show. Tony Dungy said he thought his. His shin or no. some body part now touched the ground. No. What are you watching, Tony? First of all, Tony, you're a former sealer. What are you saying, no. like giving no. credit to Tennessee? The His only... body never touched the ground, but the ball never touched the ground either. Which, so you can give it either way. But the fact that Joe Hayden caught the ball, diving over the initial—I think it was Arthur Millette who forced the fumble—and the receiver diving over the two of them and getting the ball before it touched the ground. Troy Polamalu-esque of an athletic effort.
0: No, the only thing that I was questioning about that play was, was that a catch? Did he make a football move? And once you saw it in slow motion, you were like, oh, he didn't need to make a football move because the ball never hit the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's either a fumble. It's either a catch and a fumble or it's an interception. I think they ruled it a fumble. And that's the type of plays that you were missing out of Joe Hayden not being in that secondary. And we we talked about how – The Pittsburgh secondary isn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but when it's healthy, it's at least serviceable. When Joe Hayden's out there as your number one, and Sutton can do his thing as a two, and now Witherspoon, who has stepped up immensely at the end of this season and has earned himself probably the right to be that number three guy, um, at least in coverage, Millett has been really rounding into shape as far as that slot guy is concerned. But those four guys right there as your defensive backs or as your cornerbacks that's a really solid, workable unit. You take Joe Hayden out of the equation, though, all of a sudden, and it's chaos. It's absolute chaos back there. So although Joe Hayden isn't you know, playing at an all-pro level, although Joe Hayden doesn't come back and it's like, oh, Jalen Ramsey's back in the secondary for the Steelers, but he does bring some stability, some veteran presence, and he lets them not have to stretch their depth so thin when he's out there playing, uh, healthy in a football game. So hopefully Hayden can stay healthy for the rest of the season here. Uh, absolutely cannot do without him in the game you're about to have on Sunday in Arrowhead stadium. You need your best members of your secondary out there at a hundred percent to stop the passing attack that you're about to be witness to. So Joe Hayden, one of the more valuable pieces to this team, to this defense and We didn't really see that value like we should have beforehand, but we absolutely do now need him to stay healthy for the next three games.
1: I I think it's fair to say we took Joe Hayden for granted.
0: And I think we were a little too fast to write him off a little bit. Maybe thinking, oh, you know, he's older, these injuries, maybe this is the last, you know, leg of his career here because that injury, you know, it'll linger forever and he'll lose another step and maybe free agency won't be as lucrative as he thought it was going to be, but no, we're wrong. He came back and had... Such a—he uh, had maybe his best game of the season against the Titans, uh, at least with the impact plays. Yeah, I think made. so. I don't think that's—I mean, it's hard to remember how long
1: the Steelers have been without Joe Hayden.
0: Teddy Bruschi called it the tackle of the year, That I he had to save the first down and turn. When you over. think
1: back on this game, if the Steelers make the playoffs, you could look year. at it as the, play the tackle the that sent you to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, because if you lose that game to the Titans... It's over. Because you don't expect to beat the Chiefs. And you needed to to win three out of the next four. So the tackle that saved the Steelers' season, it's potentially there. If the Steelers
1: make it to the playoffs, I think it's fair to call... Now, we don't know what's going to unfold against Cleveland, against Baltimore. Some wild endings could happen there as well very easily, but... It's very possible that could be the tackle that saved the Steelers season. And how appropriate would it be for it to be at the hands of Joe Hayden, the guy who I think a lot – not just the two of us, a lot of people in the city took for granted because there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of optimism for the guys behind him. Uh, At the time when he went down, Trey Norwood was making – was coming off like a two-game, three-game streak where he was making plays. Yes. Uh, Great in coverage. Akilah Witherspoon wasn't even on the team. I think he was brought in because of the Joe Hayden foot He was. They traded with Seattle earlier in the year. Right. So you bring in a guy like Akilah Witherspoon, and no one thought, okay, wow, here's the move to really keep things intact. No, it was just this is what you're left with. You lost Joe Hayden. You have to go out and make that move. And I think we were very overly optimistic for the success of this secondary without Joe Hayden. Now, granted, it's been the rush defense, not the pass defense, that's been the black mark on the defense overall. But still, you, you see the difference it makes when you have Joe Hayden out there versus not. I think Julio Jones was held without a catch yesterday.
0: He left early too. He got hurt and couldn't come back into the game. Julio Jones is not Julio Jones yeah. anymore. That but still, the
1: Julio Jones without a catch.
0: He should retire. That broke his. If that he had no catches. I think it broke that it broke record. 134 straight games with a catch. Then, if that I, you is want me the to case, double check that real quick. But yeah, Julio Jones is just not who Julio Jones once was. Um, I get that he wanted out of Atlanta, try a fresh start. He got that in Tennessee. Zero
1: catches. There you go.
0: That's it, right? That should be the mark where you look in the mirror and say, I think I should hang him up after this season.
1: I don't know if hang him up, but I'd I'm ha- just I'd not I'm not up. Julio Jones I'd anymore. hang him up.
0: What are you waiting for? You, 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 hang him up and start that five-year clock because you're getting in in the first ballot, right? I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. First ballot Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the catches he'd made when he was actually good –
0: well, he was great, for that matter. I think he has a couple 300-yard receiving. I think he games.
1: has one, but still, to have one is something Antonio Brown never did.
0: No, he, him and AB were the the best yes. two receivers for a decade in the NFL. So he he's going to get in no matter what. Um, but yeah, he's just a shell of himself. 134 straight games with a catch broken by your Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday at Heinz Field. Uh, we've been talking badly about these guys for a while now, so it's only fair you give them credit when it's due. The inside linebackers played a lot better in this game against the Titans. Joe Schobert heads up play on that interception and run back to help put the Steelers in position to get another one of their field goals. And Devin Bush, you didn't notice him too, too much. No. But but that's actually a a good thing. thing? It is a good thing. Uh, You did notice him on a couple PBUs that he had, so he was playing well in coverage. A dropped interception that had he converted, would have stopped that Ryan Tannehill touchdown. Man, would that really have been such a nice cherry on top for him, too. And just such a confidence booster, yes. as well. But all things considered, I think he probably had one of his better games of the season. Showbert, as well, with that impact play. So, inside linebackers playing a decent performance against the Tennessee Yeah, I mean, Titans.
1: you gotta give credit to, uh, was it... Um, it wasn't louder milk. It was um, Taco Charlton. It was Taco Charlton with the the, the, the pass uh, batted down or pass batted up. I guess is the right way to say it. But he got the hand on the ball initially for Joe Shobert to catch that. But can you imagine the criticisms of Joe Shobert if he drops that interception? Oh,
0: especially with how easy it was. It was just floating right. in the air for him. But I
1: mean, let's not let's not. I mean, I'll, I'll give Devin Bush credit. He did have one of his better games. But that interception should have been made. Now, it was right in his hands.
0: We've been talking a lot defensively because they deserve more of the credit in this game. Who on offense do you really tip your cap to? Um, Maybe Ben Roethlisberger for not turning the ball over, although he had some pretty shaky moments in that game, especially in the first half. Um, Maybe Najee Harris for just staying committed, even though he only had like 18 yards rushing and eight more yards through the air. Like there was no individual performance that you could point to and say, "Wow, that was just a, a purely dominant game." In fact, the only person that I would kind of lean that credit towards is Chris Boswell. He scored yeah. the most points for I mean, the Steelers that's offense. I but special
1: teams, you really can't.
0: But I mean, there was no real like, no. "Wow, that guy and had a, that frustrated. guy had a performance today."
1: And we had said all week this is Deontay Johnson. Can't even say it was game. the line
0: because Ben was no. in trouble all game.
1: Ben was getting sacked, and Najee Harris couldn't get back to the line of scrimmage. You know what frustrated me out of Deontay Johnson? This came early on. He had, he had room. He had an opening to get a first down, and he did one of those Deontay Johnson-like things where he said, I'm going to try to extend this play to see if I can get more yards, and he went horizontal rather than vertical. If he just twists his body and runs straight, he gets a first down, but he tried to juke out three more guys, and he just went horizontal and gained no yards after he made the catch.
0: Chase Claypool had a couple of nice end rounds, but he missed the combat catch early in the game. Very early, yeah. perfect pass from Ben. Dropped.
1: He had a drop later on as well. He hit him
0: right in the face. It was what a, was that, on third down, it was I a believe? a screen pass yeah. set up for him. On third edge. down. Abysmal. Uh, but, yeah, he had a couple of nice end arounds, gained some gains on the ground. Deontay had a big 16-yard catch at the very beginning of the game for a first down. Relatively quiet, though, for him. He had five targets in that game. Again, there was no one on the offense that really, you know, jumped off the page and had a really good game because I mean they only had 167 hundred and sixty total yards. Like no, I mean, there was no I'll, room I'll, for someone. Other than the touchdown drive in the first half,
1: you had a four play drive for eighteen yards, a three play drive for four yards, a three play drive for negative four yards, a four play drive for seventeen yards, a five play drive for eighteen yards that came as the that resulted in a field goal but, but only came so position. because the Titans had fumbled uh, on their own, <clears throat> um, I don't even know where the ball. On their own, twenty-eight yard line. So no, no moving whatsoever. Uh, the missed field goal at the end of half. Three, the second half, three plays, one yard. The touchdown drive I mentioned was the one exception. Field goal drive, seven plays, thirty yards. Field goal drive, four plays, four yards. Field goal drive, four plays, five yards, and then the end of the game. It's
0: a miracle they scored nineteen points. If they didn't have, it's the, not
1: a miracle because they were gifted by the defense. If not for that, four
0: turnovers. If not for that, I think they probably don't even score more than three or six. Here's the problem: if the Titans move the ball themselves and that
1: turnover comes in Steelers territory rather than Titans territory, do you have
0: enough to get to field goal range? Even no, you don't. So
1: they, even if you're at the fifty-yard line, if, how many times did I say four plays for four yards, four plays for negative five yards? You're not moving past the 50-yard line. You're not in field goal range. If anything, you go for it because you don't trust Presley Harvin to really do you any favors, and then you possibly don't get that first down. And the Titans are starting on the 50-yard line.
0: Mike Tomlin said the turnovers really leveled the playing field. I think they did a lot more than that. They just won. I you think the they game. won you the game. With that win, you go to seven, six, and one. You're in fourth place in the AFC North right now. The Browns are seven and six. They have to play later on today, Monday Night Football at 5 p.m. against the Raiders in Vegas. COVID Browns, so it's not necessarily, you know, a for sure thing for them to win this game. But say they do win the game against the Raiders, and they go to eight and six. The Bengals will be eight and six. The Browns will be eight and six. The Ravens will be eight and six and the Steelers will be 7 6 The Steelers and should be 8 That tie against the Lions <laughs> is really going to come back to bite and you. If the
1: Steelers had won that game, they'd be sitting in the 7th seed right now Here. because they have the tiebreaker over the Broncos. They have the tiebreaker over the Bills, who are the two teams ahead of them right now in the standings. The Bills sit right now at the 7th seed with 8-6. and six. If the Steelers had just beaten the Lions, they'd be 8-6 and six in possession of that seven seed. The problem is, Tom, and I pointed this out to my friends last night, I think if the Steelers make it to the playoffs, they make it as a seven seed. The problem with that is you're
0: playing the number two seed. You really think think that? You think if they make it, it'll be only as a seven seed? Yeah. I I think they make it if they win the North or or bust. I don't think they get a wild card. I think the North. Okay, well that's fair.
1: That's a good point. However, if they make it as say they make it as a seven seed,
0: they play the two seed.
1: It would most likely be the New England Patriots.
0: Yes, because I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose another game. No, I don't think so either.
1: That that would, scary. that would be fun. That would be fun. I'd love to go up to Fox. I mean, it's, I messed it's up by the way. The Raiders
0: not, are in Cleveland tonight, so that helps the Browns a lot more. It's
1: certainly not different when you consider like what, what's the bigger headline: Tomlin against Belichick or Mac Jones against Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> if Ben Roethlisberger loses to Mac Jones, I think that's the bigger headline rather than Bill Belichick just once again out outcoaches Mike Tomlin. Right? It has to be an 18-year veteran loses to a rookie.
0: I just I look at the fact that they could all be eight and six at the end of the Browns game tonight, or should be all eight and six. Steelers would be seven six and one, and I think to myself, COVID really has hurt the Steelers season in a really sneaky way, because a lot of teams are dealing with it more so than the Steelers. The Browns have to start Nick Mullen today because Br- Baker and and Keenum are both out with COVID. But COVID getting Ben Roethlisberger and him having to miss that Lions game.
1: It's just in that, one that singular might instance. might come back yeah. to
0: bite the Steelers and be the, the, the fatality that keeps them out of the playoffs mm-hmm. is that one unfortunate circumstance in the middle of a pandemic that happened to strike you at the wrong place at the wrong time. And everybody's saying, oh, you know what? If you're going to miss a game due to COVID, it's this Lions game. If Ben can afford to miss one, it's this Lions game. In reality, obviously Ben can't afford to not. miss any of yeah. them. And the Lions just beat the number one team in the entire NFL. How about that? So. We'll talk about
1: that in another episode.
0: But. So they're a better team than we gave credit to. You needed your starter. It, it just I keep looking back at that and I'm like, Damn it, COVID again, like this stupid thing that keeps derailing seasons. And, and the Steelers won't be the only season potentially derailed by no, this I thing. No, I don't think so. Especially down the stretch here as it, it gets could be worse Cleveland. and worse and worse and worse and worse. It could
1: easily be Cleveland.
0: Well, let's hope it is tonight because that would mean the Steelers would not be in last place. Woo, everybody. It the, the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Where they belong, let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's, that's home sweet home for them. That's, that spot is reserved for Ohio teams. And Ohio yeah, it's teams like teams reserved only. parking, Ohio teams only, fourth place in the AFC North. Right now, the AFC North le- leader is the Bengals with the tiebreaker over the Ravens. The Ravens, in the past couple of weeks, have gone from the two seed to out of the playoffs. And I think that
1: blame can be
0: singularly
1: pointed to John Harbaugh.
0: You Instead gone for, of
1: being eight and six, your team could potentially be ten and four.
0: I don't know. I you you can talk me into potentially it was the wrong decision against the Steelers. You needed to go for two against the Packers yesterday. Tyler Huntley versus Aaron Rodgers in overtime.
1: First of all, the Pack or the Ravens went should we reserve this for the next episode? No, I want to talk
0: about it now with you. Because okay. I want to know why you think the you Packers, should be gone for two
1: the, the Ravens went for it on fourth down On their own 30 yard line uh-huh. With 12 minutes left uh-huh. And they didn't get it Right. They then despite that Still came back from two touchdowns down right. To potentially tie it Yes so you can't tell me that Tyler Huntley was going to lay an egg in overtime.
0: It's not about Tyler Huntley laying an egg in overtime. It's about the Greek god who walks along the sidelines opposite of me, named Aaron Rodgers. Who if your I defense lose...
1: also after that after that third down de- after that uh, fourth down uh, stop that the Packers had, your defense held Aaron Rodgers in check.
0: Yeah, that happens often, multiple times in a row. You usually have a lot of success getting off the three field three times, three times in, a row, three times in a row. No, of course not. It's Aaron Rodgers. If you are going to kick the field goal, you're essentially saying, well, if I lose the coin toss, I'm done. If I win the coin toss, I have a better shot. But if I don't, you have Justin Tucker. If I don't get a first down, though, I punt the ball right back to Rodgers, who now only needs a field goal. But you were getting
1: first downs.
0: Now, on the other hand, if I get two yards, I win the game. Rodgers doesn't even have a say in it. That was the right decision to make, especially with how bad his secondary is right now. And you're playing with a backup quarterback, that was the right decision to make. All and right. they had all the momentum on their side. We now can agree to disagree. Now against the Steelers, you know, it's not I love Ben, but it's not exactly like he's in Aaron Rodgers form right now. I maybe would have been a little bit more confident that you kick the field goal there, go to overtime, try to beat the Steelers in overtime. I think you're more I think you're more matched up y mono in that kind of a scenario. You can
1: agree to disagree then.
0: All right. You give the ball to Rodgers, and you see how much that works out uh, for you. I'll try to win it right here right at now. least
1: at least you have the tie at le- i mean first of all you want to talk about oh you don't trust tyler. i didn't trust tyler hardly on that play he completely threw the ball behind mark andrews
0: it's a bad play call there was only one option for him he rolled out to the right and it was all andrews
1: and he completely he threw the ball behind him yeah because he's the two bad... defenders had a better read on that ball than mark andrews did
0: right so let's trust the bad quarterback in overtime since we couldn't even trust him to get two yards
1: I'd rather trust him just to get normal yardage to set up Justin Tucker than high-stake yardage
0: down in the red zone, yeah. (laughs) That's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman. As always, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen here on the Steelers Standard. We'll uh, keep kicking around Week 15 action in a later episode, so make sure you keep an ear out for that. Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen, and we'll talk to you guys next time.